McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. I'm so excited to be introducing you today to Elizabeth Time Fook. She is the founder of the International Young Prophets, an apostolic ministry that is called to serve the office of the next generation prophet. She believes that God is raising up a company of young prophets to impact the nations of the world with the voice of God. Elizabeth graduated from Brownsville Revival School of Ministry in Pensacola, Florida with a heart to serve the nations. She is ordained by Christian International under the leadership of Tom and Jane Hammond. It's going to be a great interview, and I hope you enjoy it. But we'll be back right after this brief message. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the Great Commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit-Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the Scripture, but also what He is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the Scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. It is my pleasure to serve you and to release an episode of Adventures in the Spirit for you every week. As a listener, you are a friend of Fireborn Ministries, and I want to personally invite you to become a monthly partner of our ministry to continue improving and expanding. There are three ways that you could be part of this opportunity. You could pray for us, and you could be a financial partner, or you could also be a patron. And as a prayer and financial partner, or as a patron, you are investing in the kingdom of God, sharing in the heart as we see lives change, souls saved, and saints empowered by the Holy Spirit. You can pray for us daily. You can partner with us starting at $25 a month. 
but at the same time, you can give whatever amount the wonderful Holy Spirit lays on your heart. And you can also be a patron by going to Patreon and searching for Fireborn Ministries, getting exclusive access to articles, videos, prophetic encounters, uncut and raw episodes of Adventures in the Spirit podcast and more starting at only $5 a month. Thank you so much for being part of our ministry and may you be Fireborn. You are the founder of International Young Prophets, which your website says is called to serve the office of the next generation prophet. So how did God lead you into your catalytic calling to begin International Young Prophets? I actually had a movement, I guess to say, or a ministry called the Elisha Company before. What we were doing were we were raising up seven mountain young pro- leaders, not necessarily prophetic, but just young leaders. And so the Lord told me to shut it down. It was so successful. We were building it in different cities. And so I go, God, what am I going to do? Like, I, you told me to shut this down, but I knew God's voice. Like, I know God, you know, when God speaks to you. So within like a short amount of time, I went, actually went on a fast and I said, God, like, speak to me what you want. And so after that, um, someone approached me and I was talking to them because we were kind of known, like, even with the ministry I did before, we were kind of known for like healing, like generations like of leaders, like weirdly anointed for that where I would be able to go in like places and really talk between generations and like heal them because there's a lot of division the enemy tries to get in between generations so that was like anointing we had so I had ran into like through some different people run into someone and I was up in New York and they said to me hey why don't you gather the prophets because we were like well it was just, it seemed as a random conversation, but it wasn't. It was a God conversation where we were like, we wish that the generations of prophets would run together. And so the it was some guys sitting around. They said, hey, Elizabeth, why don't you do that? And I'm thinking, no way. Like, I mean, I was, you know, like I served in the prophetic movement, but I wasn't like a leader in the prophetic movement. So, and I was thinking like, who am I to do that? So then after a while, like I get on the plane to fly back to Texas from, from New York and I hear the Lord say to me, but you didn't even ask me if you should do it. And I'm like, okay. So then I go on this partial fast and I was like, okay, I at least need to hear God's voice more. Like, I don't know why I didn't think that was enough, but I needed God to like kind of download the plan. I'm a planner, strategist. I went for a month on this partial fast. Well, I didn't even hear the Lord. Like I heard nothing. If anything, I was like, clinging symbols because I said God do you want me to build because I naturally am a builder so I said do you want me to build I can build nationally I can build internationally well how would you like me heard nothing nada like brass it was like I was hitting brass in the heavens towards the end I was like you know what in a little bit of frustration I was like Lord I'm gonna quit this fast oh I hear that my hero Jean Hammond is gonna be down like she can prophesy and I I was like I I'm frustrated already so I might as well just go hear her speak she's four hours away I'll just drive and just hear God you know or whatever I gave up and I said you know maybe it's not God for me because God would speak to me if it's I'm supposed to do this gathering of prophets and stuff so I go down there and Jane says to me she said she said hey so what are you doing now and soon she said that she goes oh wait stop I need to like prophesy to you tonight they get in the meeting she calls me out and like she didn't know my frustration with the Lord like I'd already been on this fast so the Lord says to me she starts prophesying to me, excuse me, and prophesies to me. And she says, the Lord says you need to build. And she gets into it and starts saying that this whole thing we're going to build. She said, the Lord's going to teach you either at a greater level about Elijah and Elisha. Well, Elijah and Elisha, those are the two. That's like my 
life language, I mean, my life message is about Elijah and Elisha. So those are two generations that ran together and really did it, you know, intently through the Bible. So, so I was like, Lord, you know, okay, I understand this. So I knew I was supposed to build organization. So then I go, God, why would you wait? You know, so one of the things I encourage people is when you're trying to find out what God's called you to do, be be okay. Don't be like Elizabeth. Don't be frustrated with God. Don't, you know, kind of like pursue him till he says yes or no. Like you can keep pursuing God. In the middle of that, I asked the Lord, I said, okay, I'm going to build this organization now. She has no idea because I didn't tell her what I was doing with the Lord, like trying to figure out. So then after that, she ended up, um, I ended up within a month going down to the area there at Christian International in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, visiting because I'd already, I, within that time, I just started building, right? Because I, when I, got there the lord tells me i drive in the parking lot and i had she had been my hero but a hero from a distance right. right so she doesn't really know me like i was thinking i have all these other prophets that i could go ask to run with me because if i'm going to display generations run together i actually have to model it right so i go in the, i drive into the parking lot there i hear the lord say to me go ask her to help you lead this and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Like, she's my hero. And if she says no to me, I can never show my face ever in one of her meetings the rest of my life. So there's so much courage attached to our calling, right? Like, if you're going to be a pioneer, if you're going to do things that God, you know, like, maybe we don't see the earth yet. And God's asking, and there's so many pioneers in our generation. It takes a lot of courage, you know, to be that. So I go in, I'm like, I'm not really a nervous person when it comes to talking to people. I'm an extrovert. So, but I was sweating. All I could think about is if she says no to me, I'm done. So we go in there, I get a meeting with her. Like it's, it's right in the middle of a conference they're doing. It's, I get a meeting with her 30 minutes before then. And so I, God gave me a picture and I saw a puzzle piece and there were some puzzle pieces missing to it. Like I was working on a puzzle and there were some pieces missing and I saw Jane Hammond had them the puzzle pieces. So now I really have to go talk to her, right? So I go in there and I am like waiting for her to come in because she actually preaches right after I'm done talking to her. So she's like in preach mode. So she comes in. I'm so nervous. Like, I'm like, God, if I'm going to build this vision of International Young Prophets, you've already told me she's the one I need to run with. Actually, right before I met with her, there were a couple people that I said, and they're like, Jane's really busy. She travels all the time. She has a local church. She has to be, She's going to say no to you. Like, that's literally what people said to me. So I'm already sweating on, on the inside. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm standing outside her door, like courage, courage, courage. I'm like, God, I'm going to pass out. I need courage. This is my hero. It's just not like somebody else that would say no to me. I'd be fine with. It's like my hero that barely knows me. Right. Like, you know, she knows my name. That's it. So we go in her office. She sits right in front of me. And I said, hey, I feel like God wants me to start this thing called International Young Prophets. Would you help me lead it? The only way I could do it is if somebody would lead it with me because I have to model how generations of prophets run together so she turns to me she goes oh okay I'll do it and I'm like what like I didn't know I didn't know at the time like I'm like really like because all I could hear is all the other people saying she's gonna say no to me really that's I feel that day is when International Young Prophets was really born like it was born in God's heart long before then but I feel like there was something when people that are known for the prophetic movement, especially those guys have been in it for decades and decades, and they've like really built a way that we can stand on it, the next generation of prophets. When she came in there, it just, everything shifted. I'd already gotten some other prophets on board. So now we've built that. So I don't necessarily feel like building international young prophets was my thing. I feel like it's a corporate team thing that God's really raising up a company of prophets that can run together well. Well, that's awesome because 
when I was researching it, I saw the intergenerational connections. How does that look like for someone like me looking for a spiritual father, spiritual mother? What does the intergenerational prophetic company look like? Yeah. Well, uh, two sides. I'll, I'll answer it from what, let's say Elijah and Elisha at this point. We're talking about them as a reference. Say Elisha's side, the younger one. Have courage, but don't always look for somebody that's well known. Look, I really ask people for somebody that's made for them. I don't know necessarily, like, even though Jane Hammond was my hero, I don't know necessarily I would have from afar because said, hey, I want her to mentor me. Like, I never thought that way. I just saw God put the people in front of me that would mentor me. So like one of my mentors is Patricia King. And so she had been my mentor before I even met with Jane Hammond. So, but God puts people in the place. And so after the meeting with Apostle Jane, it's like super courageous to go ask somebody, hey, would you invest in my life? And on the Elisha side, don't try to make them what you think you need. Take what you can get from them. I know that sounds crazy. If she only has two hours a month, that maybe, or she does things certain ways, I don't try to change her to fit what I need. I actually, like I fit what I need from her in that time that she can give me. Right. So so I think where young people get frustrated is they're like they're not saying this, but they're saying this. You're not meeting my needs. I need you to be as a spiritual parent. So I think one of the things is being super flexible, even though you can be courageous, be super flexible and work with that person. I think another thing, too, is volunteer for them. Like there's so much like. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying everybody's this way. Obviously they're not, but sometimes what people want to do is they want to get on a platform with that person and that person needs their bushes clean, done or their house clean. Like go find what they need and you'll win them by doing that stuff. But you may also get time with them within doing that stuff. I'm not saying do it because of that dude, because you have a pure heart, but like those are things that really connect leaders together, servanthood. On the Elijah side is I tell, because I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of like, older leaders like seasoned leaders i tell them if a young person comes to you and they say you know hey will you mentor me don't brush them off or don't say well i don't have time i didn't get mentored like be like really like really see like that person is being courageous to you to even come and ask you that maybe sit down and say what would you need or if even if you can't give them time in that season of your life maybe say you know what I would love to do it, but I feel like this person would fit you and give you the time you need to grow. And that person may actually be just uh, to try to get them over. I'm trying to think of the word, but like they might try to be a vehicle to get you into like your real relationship of a spiritual mother and father. But I think what people see is sometimes they see someone on a platform like a Bill Johnson or something like that. And they go, oh, I learned from him. So I want him to be my spiritual father. But that's not who God may have ordained you to be with. Bill Johnson can't call you all the time and say, hey, how are you doing? And like really invest in you like that, unless God speaks to him directly to do that. So I think like the reality part on Elisha's is like really pray like, God, who is it you really want in my life? I actually personally have a small group of people on purpose because I feel like even different season, God may take one person out of that group and put a new person in and they might not even be well-known people. Like that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for well-known people. I'm looking for God-ordained people to help me to build 
build who I need to be character wise to, to walk out the calling on my life. So I think it's really important then Elijah and Elisha, when they know they're called to each other. I actually remember doing this interview I did with Jane Hammond. So I did every once in a while I'll do interviews with her and talk about mothering, fathering and the prophetic movement. And so it was such a God moment. So we're sitting there and we're on the couch next to each other and the video's going, you know, when you're talking to somebody and you're like, man, that was a God moment. Yes. Like that, what they said. So she's sitting there talking about spiritual warfare. And because anyone that's called to any covenant relationship, whether it's marriage, whether it's running together, generationally, whatever it is, really, you will get an assault. It's a, you know, like... Any kind of, that will come, it's a covenant breaking spirit that comes to break covenant from multiplying or, you know, like one can put a thousand, five, two can put 10,000. It's multiplied in any kind of covenant. So she says to me, she turns to me and she says, oh, ever, both generations always need to learn how to fight for each other. Well, I thought it was such a God moment. I felt like something came out of her when she was speaking and came into me. And it was just a moment. And then I said, you know, God, it's so true because my generation thinks sometimes that that we're the only ones fighting. Like they're too busy to fight for us sometimes. Not all the times, but generally from the people I kind of talk with, that's how they feel. But for two generations to realize that spiritual warfare is going on and hey, I'm going to fight for you because we're called to be together. I think there's a beauty in that because you understand family at that point. It's like you're not going to let... It, you know, it's one thing for kids to fight together. It's another thing for an outsider to come and attack one kid. Like, hey, don't touch him. We could fight, but you can't fight with them. Like, we're going to protect them. So I think when you learn how to protect each other in the relationships and covenant relationships that God's given you, I think there's such beautiful... that go Something in heaven happens. I can't explain it. There's just such beauty and unity of generations. And so I have given my life part of my life to really like seeing that come in the earth because I've seen more relationships right when the baton is being handed off it being dropped and to me that's one of the saddest thing I actually weep over that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because I thought like somebody didn't realize warfare was going to be included in this and they go okay we're not either giving you it anymore or I don't want it anymore. Whatever happens to break that covenant relationship. And so I think like learning how to be intentional with each other and say, hey, you know, I feel like even in your relationship, it's just like any relationship, you you go, you turn to that person and say, hey, I feel like maybe we're drifting apart a little bit. Let's like reconnect or those things. But be having that real talk. Yeah. You know, because I think sometimes there's one guy that's I talked to he's part of my leadership and he said, you know, hey, Elizabeth, I don't have what you have. I don't have that where you can actually talk back and forth with a person. Well, I didn't always have that. I, I had a type of leader that he has where they are, you know, like they could say whatever they want to him, but he can't have that relationship back and forth where he can say, hey, you hurt my feelings or mm. what you said to me just came across. Can we talk that through? Like not every relationship has that, but I, I dream of the day that'll happen where we can kind of be real with each other generationally. I think honestly, that's something that this upcoming generation is wanting a sense of reality of transparency but i think for some younger generation they need to be a little more teachable sometimes yeah but at the same time what i'm hearing from you is that the elijah and elisha are serving one another and they're elevating jesus through that process i think that that's something that we're needing to see modeled more and more and that's what we're seeing through international young prophets you're currently here in virginia beach for the deeper prophetic encounter conference tonight and then a symposium of the round table of yeah. the international young prophets 
I know that some generations have kind of they 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 didn't invest in, in the next generation. But uh, you know, I appreciate that that's what you're currently doing in, in this day and this hour. And for those who are listening in, I was wondering how is it that you have grown and developed into the prophetic gifting? Well, personally, I always separate my personal from my, like what I do ministry wise, because I have to grow internally, personally, and I have to grow ministerially, right? So anytime God is about to grow us in the ministry, in what we're doing, he always grows me first personally. Sometimes what people do is they want to build their ministry and don't realize they have to build their internal character and those type of things to carry the weight of what God wants. Jesus is just, he prunes to give you more, right? So he prunes my character. He prunes who I am so he can give me more. So process-wise at the prophetic, like for instance, um, I hear God, maybe we all hear God differently. Like for me, I love people like so much. Like I love people. So my passion is probably a little more bent towards like maybe evangelism and winning the loss. I love nations. So those include people, yeah. government systems. And so my dream one day is we're building a company of prophets that any president of a nation could tap us because we've built on family. Like our core of who we are is we love each other's brother and sister first, and then that. we're prophets second. Um, and so when we built our full foundation of our ministry on the culture of family and honor, then any president of a nation could call us and we could go under any kind of spiritual warfare and go over as a company of prophets and each have individual you know, maybe strengths that one may have somebody, it may be a prophet that has more economic bent. One may have more educational bent. So we all come together as a company of prophets and give a corporate strategy to a president of a nation on how to reform their nation biblically with like biblical, like biblically lay it out. So I think that's important to build that way. So God speaks to me that way prophetically, like what as a ministry personally, if I'm on a plane, plane evangelism is my favorite. Where are they going to go? We're going to plane for an hour, right. two hours, however long we're on. Usually I just have my headphones in just listening to worship or like, you know, like a podcast or something. But there could be somebody next to me. And I am a little bit of a feeler. So sometimes I can feel what people are going through or what I, and I'm not looking to feel. It's just God knows I'm aligned with him, whatever he's doing that day. And if he needs me to stop and talk to someone like, Last night when I got back in here in town, the Lord spoke to me about the guy that is at a hotel I'm staying. So I go and I give them his word. And he's like, wow. He's like, you make me want to go like find out how, how much God loves me. You know, like, so I got to talk to him about some deeper things and just some things that God has ordained for his life. But he had to give his life over to Jesus first to see those things right. fulfilled. So I think like living my day, not the way I want to live it, but I think a prophetic lifestyle style is living the way Jesus did. Oh, Jesus went about his day doing good, right? So can we go around our day doing good? Am I busy? Absolutely. On the phone all the time. But that's not my fullest calling. That's just like an offset. If I get caught up in that, I would miss what Jesus did in the earth was he went around doing good. So for me, I try to, I think the best prophets are those that understand God, the father heart of God. The ones that make me kind of nervous 
I are ones that prophesy that God's going to come judge them every day. And I think that's a scary place. I go, oh, you need to go. You you don't understand God's love for you. Like if you understand, you wouldn't prophesy that way or God's love for people. Because if I feel like God's going to wake up every day and he's mad at the world, usually I find those people that are prophetically filtered, their character like that, are usually had some kind of abuse in their life. And so they do that. So then I was like, oh God, like I can't be mad at them, but I can pray for them that they would encounter the father's love so going back to mine so i'm on this plane like for instance i'll just give an example well i'll give two examples so I'm on the plane and i feel like the presence of god coming off this guy like i have in my headphones i feel this he's at the window i'm like end up in the middle seat for some reason i'm sitting there and i feel and i hear the lord says speak to him and so i said oh hi like i I don't know if you know God's voice, you know, like you can kind of like get basic with people. And I said, sometimes the Lord speaks to me. Here's what he says. I said, I feel the presence of God really strong off your life. You know, da, da, da. And he got into, and he ended up being like a pastor, I think it was. So then we talked about, like, just talked about some stuff. I don't know why God wanted me to talk to him about that. I wasn't leading him to the Lord, but it was just a moment. Maybe he needed encouragement, you know, whatever that. Another one was this girl that was on the, um, she was actually... Yeah, next to me again. And we're on the plane for like this two-hour flight. Well, a mo- soon I sit down, like brr, the download of God it tells me for her. And like I said, it's not convenient because I want to sit with my headphones on. But I know it's God's heart yeah. and I want to do what God's doing and going about doing good, right, in my day. So I hear the Lord download this stuff for her. I turn to her and I go, hey, you were abused, da 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 when this. Well, I open it first saying, you know, like sometimes God loves us so much he speaks to us because he wants to speak to you. And I, and I tell her, hey, when you were, your uncle abused you and you da 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 That's stuff that like nobody, who would know that? Like it's not like. I could open a Facebook page, find that person, and that'd be written there. So I tell her that. She starts weeping. And I am like, okay, well, Lord, I need to lead her to the Lord. So I tell her, I just give her, tell her, you know, about John 3.16, how God, you know, so loved the world. I lead her, I lead her to Christ. Not only that, I tell her, like, hey, please find a good Bible-believing church because you, everyone needs to be plugged into a church. And all prophetic people, let me go back yes. to this. All prophetic people need to be involved and submitted to a pastor. And you're not in a church so you can have a platform to prophesy. You're in a plat, you're in a local church so you can be a Christian and you could fellowship with other believers. When I go into my church, I take off my work hat. I go in there and I'm submitted to my pastors. The thing too is sometimes my pastors like will discuss certain things and they may not want me to do some. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. To come around and say, well, God told me, like that's always a bad indication when I hear say God told me told me I may say that like it say like I don't ever actually I don't ever really say that in a conversation especially if I'm submitted to my pastors because they understand my call and so they wouldn't tell me not to do something if they didn't know that God called me to do it they may say to me did you feel like God wanted you to do that and I say yeah I felt that they said okay we'll back you or they'll say well maybe can you wait six months before doing that and I said okay I'm good that's the part of submission that's beautiful because they're protecting me one of the things that I really would like to see change in the prophetic movement is not I'm not just talking about prophets every prophet needs to be like involved in a local congregation I don't think of people say that I'm on the road all the time even more you need to be a submitted to a pastor my pastors know what I'm doing I'm like even if I'm bothering them like I'm not bothering them but like I just feel like I need to tell them what I'm doing and I think it's protection for me it's not they're not trying to stop what I'm doing if anything they encourage it and so I go further because I'm submitted to a local congregation so and when I go in there I'm 
you know, I'm just Elizabeth going in there. I don't even talk about our ministry when I'm in a local congregation. I just catch up with people like, hey, how was your week? Tell me what your kids are doing. You know, like be normal. Please be normal, you know. And so back to the plane. So I get her involved. I tell her, please be involved in a local congregation. And I go through like different things in the Bible, like make sure your congregation believes like the world, the word is infallible, you know, go through different things, you know, in today's society, you got to say that. But, (laughs) you know, so, so I think like being, being just available to God, like that is my take on me being a prophetic person is to be available to God because God wants to always speak to people. He sent his only son to die for the world. Why wouldn't he want to speak to them? And he speaks to them with a kind voice and a gentle voice. If he needs to correct them, that's up to them. But usually somebody that's not saved, you'd have to be really hard nosed to have like a solitarsis experience where God is like, but he can do that himself. Like, but my, my bent is really to show the love of God to people through the prophetic movement. And so does God judge? People think like, ask me that. Does God judge? Absolutely. But it's just not, it's not his first weapon. Right. You know, and it's, he's not going like, who can I judge today? Wow. You know, he's not like that. He actually is like, Oh, I love them. Like, I want to draw them. He dances over us. You know, like he's so in love with like creation that he made us all different colors. And I remember like, you know, huge in our nation right now is even like prophetically we deal with every prophet is responsible for their generation right like we for me i i'm processing through even the as a prophet uh the the racism in our nation and i remember the lord said to me one day because people go oh we don't see white or black i'm like you don't like i see white or black or you know asian or whatever and so the lord actually spoke to me he said as much as you look at the flowers and you love the different kind of flowers they are in the earth he goes i made all everyone for a, di- a different color and a different shade for my pleasure he wow. said when i look at the nations they're my pleasure when i look at asian the asians how beautiful they are they're my pleasure like he he just takes in the nations and he's in love with the nations and the peoples of the nations that he sees color he sees them, but he sees them different than we see them. He doesn't see them with the world's point of view. He sees it with his loving point of view. Like, I made the Asians to look the way they did. I made the Indians to look the way they did. I made, like, you know, like, the UK to look the way they do and have their tones and voices. I mean, that all gives glory and pleasure to the Lord. So as a prophet, I just have to make sure when I'm doing that, especially if I'm talking to someone that I I celebrate them. I love, there's a, there's a statement that Bill Johnson says, you know, we celebrate who people are, not who they aren't. Mm. So as prophetic people, we have, especially if there's some people are bent towards judgment, which I get it. There's lovers and fighters, you know, that kind of thing in the, you know, people are made that way. So people that are fighters tend to be bent towards like maybe judgment. And I think you can't, you can't be like that. You have to view people the way God sees them. He's not always going after their throat to say like, get out of sin or you're going to die. He's not like that. He draws, it's his goodness that draws us to repentance, you know? And so I think like when God builds me, the process is he had to teach me all of that. He had to teach me that all I want you to do, it's almost like he takes all of that, the languages of the earth, and he takes that out of you and puts kingdom language in you. And then he says to you like, hey, okay, now I want you to be my ambassador in the earth in the prophetic movement. And I want you to like prophesy the way I would prophesy. If I was standing in the earth, how would I prophesy to that person? You're 
I'm profit, you know, like I'm talking to. And so when you view that way, like you're standing in proxy of Jesus Christ in the earth, that's a whole different way of the prophetic to me. So I, I think God had to build me that way and put kingdom principles in the way he sees people inside of me. That was my process. So now God can then give me a prophetic ministry or a prophetic movement now that would portray him in the nations the way it's biblical. I so. love that. That's awesome. What is the wonderful Holy Holy Spirit currently showing you about this next generation and this next decade? I think, let's start with this. I think like a lot of prophetic voices, because we have a whole generation prophetic voices. It doesn't mean they're prophets, but they're prophetic. And so two things. One is I feel like, I feel like God has put such justice in the next generation. We have to be careful that it's, it's really kingdom and not our feelings, right? Because Prophetic people are high feelers. That goes along with the second thing, which is I feel like there are a lot of reformers. And so that's why their justice is attached to the reformers. So I've never met in the probably in the last like five to 10 years, met more people that want to start things, that want to pioneer things, that have things that nobody's ever thought about doing. They're inventing and that kind of stuff. They're such reformers. Whether they follow God or not, they still have the Reformation gift inside of them. And so in our nation, in the USA, we see them reforming it, maybe some of them in a negative way if they're not following Christ. They're trying to change laws. They're trying to do stuff to um, kind of fulfill their whatever they feel like to follow. On the positive side, I've seen such a generation of reformers saying like, hey, we don't want to tolerate this. We actually have new language and new creative things. I have a friend that's part of our leadership team and she, I sit down, I don't go with anybody else. I'll just sit with her and I'll tell her, I'll ask her, tell me what God's saying because God went she really came into her call and God gave like a scientific mind to her. She never had it before till then. So she starts telling me about like different things that God's told her that's not even in the earth yet that we could really like pursue as prophets and ask God to give us the answers and solutions for nations. Because the solutions, we can't keep on going on the, our parents expect us to be better. Any good parent wants their kids to do more than they, right? So I have prophetic spiritual parents, and they've done an amazing job of what they've done in the prophetic movement. It's my responsibility now to go to a different level and build more. So I take their experience. I actually stand on their shoulders because it's not like it's my turn now. In the kingdom, we're a family, so there's there's no like one guy. Right. So I go like they build something. Now I stand on their shoulders. And so we have to do it together. So now they go, Elizabeth, what can you see? Can you see further than we saw? And I go, yeah, God actually is giving me a solution for a different part of the nation. Like he's giving me this economic download on how to transform like Nigeria. Like he gives me these solutions. So I think when we start thinking bigger and dreaming bigger with God, because he's a big God. Yes. And so we can't do the prophetic movement the way we did it before. And so I feel like God is, that's why it's not just prophets, but they have the reformer attached to them. So reformers help reform society, right? So they're going to have like solutions and suggestions on how to do that. And God will actually give them like, and it's not pulpit people. I mean, that's like a small portion right. of people that do that. So he's going to give business people like yes. creative ideas on how to be successful. So then now they can go, they can influence their the business world. You influence people by making money, 
right? And money, money's not what we worship. Money is just a tool for influence, right? In the, for business people. So we say, okay, now they have the platform for that because they were successful and all these business people like how, then they go, oh, well, God gave me a, God, you know, I use principles of God's kingdom to do that. And so they go, oh, we want to serve your God, you know? So I think like just being able to celebrate people in their different ways in the church, I think that's what's changing in church is that we go, hey, you know, they're media people that have these wild ideas that if we can just attach to it, we can really help them just go out as a reformer, like a media reformer or whatever, a governmental reformer. And so those type of things. So I feel like that's what's different maybe in the next generation where it's not just one thing. We're not just called to personal prophecy, which I love personal prophecy. I'm part of a congregation that is known for personal prophecy. But the other part of it too is also like going to a different level and say, how do, how can I have personal prophecy? and have solutions for nations at the same time and go into that because I don't know I may have heard like Argentina has been kind of reformed through the years in certain areas but I don't know of a nation if God is greater than he is and he loves the world and he did he does and he sent his son for us that means that we actually can have solutions for nations that are bigger than what the nations are doing but I don't know of any one nation that's been totally reformed yet maybe you do I don't know personally what if God is raising up all these reformers to have all these solutions for nations and us through biblical reformation of the word but we have these giftings that God's given us so I don't want a whole generation to fall so I celebrate them I celebrate all the ideas they have I celebrate them some of them I'm like it's okay to fail because in one of those failures you're going to find the solution and you may find a solution for what if somebody finds a some kind of like I don't even know what you would call it, something like for cancer, to kill cancer cells or something like that. What if somebody, God downloads that to them? You know, like, I don't want the world to have all the ideas. We're the one that's the only creator in the world is Jesus, our Father in heaven. Like, that's they're the only creators in the world, right? So however solutions and ideas come, we should be the ones to change the world. Well, we should be tapped into the creative God and be the most creative people in the universe, in in this world. Yeah. uh, And transform society. If you don't mind, I'm going to take that word about being a media transformer and apply that to myself. Yeah. If yeah. you don't mind. Yeah. I receive that as a prophetic word, but I appreciate this, this time that I'd had with you. It's an honor to make your acquaintance, but how can our listeners keep in touch with you and your ministry? Yeah. Yeah. I actually am on social media quite a bit. I do a lo- on Facebook. It's just my name, Elizabeth Timefook, or like Instagram. It's at Elizabeth Timefook, or our website is International Young Prophet. So that's pretty much, I'm on social media all the time so i love doing interviews so people can catch some of their interviews we do with profits and um that kind of stuff and so we're venturing out a little bit more into doing some more things and so that's the way they can connect well awesome thank you so very much i treasure this time i really do and i appreciate that you're pouring into the next generation and the generation Mm -hmm. after that and uh, you're you're currently here in hampton Roads. so michael would you mind come pray with us Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you that you're in our midst, even here, that sense of reverence, of awe, of your glory. I thank you for that. Even now, I, you know, I see the Shekinah. I see that, that, that cloud that, 
your awesome presence, and I thank you for that, Lord. Wow, I actually have a I have I actually have a word for someone. So I actually saw someone that's listening to this. I saw it, God healing your right knee. So, Lord, we release healing right now into that right knee of uh, that listener right now. Yeah, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the migraine that's just gone, Jesus. Yeah. Father God, I lift up the person who's struggling with depression or any type of mental illness. Clear the fog in Jesus' name. I thank you that by your stripes, they are healed. They are healed in Jesus' name. That mental illness, that depression, that anxiety is gone in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for every prophetic uh, young person, everyone feel called, whether you're a prophet or a prophetic person. I pray even for those called to prophetic evangelism, yes. Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would increase the gift in them, put the right people around them, even mothers and fathers, Lord, that would help them grow in their prophetic gift. Lord, I pray that everything you've declared over their lives would be fulfilled yes. god i pray you'd open doors for them to prophesy and yes. to win the lost and lord uh, even my plain story lord that they would they would say oh lord i want to go about doing good in my day and i want to be able to uh to share the gospel with people and not be too busy. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you today's a day of turning that you're raising up so many prophetic evangelists to go in so many different arenas and be a blessing and serve and prophesy and just be so excellent at their gift and um, just be so loving and, yes. you know, love the world, Lord. We want to love the world the way you love the world. And Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Father, what an honor that you give us the heart for your nations. Lord, there are people in Thailand, India, and Morocco that is listening to this. And and it stirred the pioneering, uh, the pioneering motivation, Father, has been stirred in them. I pray, Father, that you would continue to bring them into a family that can stir that that flame uh, into what has been called out from this conversation between Elizabeth and Jared. Thank you, Lord. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you would step out and continue to advance his kingdom in the nations that he has placed you. Hallelujah. Yes, and wonderful Holy Spirit. Fill and saturate every person listening right now from head to toe in Jesus' name. For those who need to receive the baptism with the Spirit, fill them up, Lord. For those who need a breakthrough in their life, fill them up in Jesus' name. Restore lives, marriages, relationships in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook and may you have your own adventures in the spirit.